We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Food for thought. We're back. Another week in the books. Every week keeps getting better and better. More drama. A lot of crazy scoring. Some upsets. Some turnovers. Some surprises. A lot of injuries. And a lot of bye weeks. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here with my guy, Will Priester. What's up, Chief Justice 06? Nothing much, brother. Doing good. It's another week uh, of football in the books. Another week of football approaching. That's the thing about uh, sports and the NFL. Uh, and this is something that that if, it helps me stay centered, at least, Luch. You have a bad day. You had a bad day. It doesn't matter. There's another slate on the horizon. Always in the beautiful industry of daily fantasy sports, even with football down. So I, I, let, let's, let's take a trip. Let, let, let's hop in the, uh, let's hop in the DeLorean and, and, and let's call it back to the future. But it, either way, let, let's hop in our time capsule. Let's call it that. Just five years ago, Luch, um 10 years ago, I'm just saying there was no such thing as showdown. Do you remember by chance, when the slate was Thursday through Monday, like, oh boy, you, you're talking about a, it was like golf. You, you sweat it the whole weekend just for somebody to wreck your hopes and dreams on Monday night. Then finally, at one point, it was Sunday through Monday. And, and Luch, it didn't matter what was happening on Sunday. You they could they literally made, get wrecked on Monday night. And they then made they so came, many alterations. Yeah, and then they came out with showdown and mini slates and all that. And so now that was kind of a revolutionary product for football to where we started playing singular slates. And that's opened it up for you to, I think it's made it interesting for the consumer. It's a little bit different strategy. Uh, but my point is to cement what, what, I, what I led in with, doesn't matter how yesterday went, Luce. There's always another day. Even in NFL now, you can start on Thursday with a showdown slate 
and then you just have to make it a Sunday, then Monday, then Thursday again, right? And and if if anybody's you know degenerating out college football, you've now got football almost every day. So there's always another slate. NBA's around the corner. There's always another slate. So if you had a bad a bad week, week seven, folks, don't fear. Your friend Chief is here to let you know there is another slate on the horizon. We'll find out who the OG listeners are, the OG DFSers. Oh, yeah. If, if they're shaking their head and thinking main slates for Thursday through the weekend. And then you know, then you got to a point where FanDuel included the Sunday night game, and that was kind of a disaster. And um, my timeline of things are off; everything blends together. But obviously, the pandemic threw a wrench in at things with getting injury news and updates and the whole nine. Where that would be a, just a logistical nightmare. And you know, some sites added late swap, took late swap away, added late swap again for different sports and in football. And before showdown, primetime slates were were a decent draw. That was a thing. And, you know, 10 years ago, was there legal sports betting? You know, now we're now we have live betting in games, you know, and even in sites like prize picks that like you bet in the right. second half. So the evolution of things right? and then single game parlay started rolling around. Then only like one or two uh, sports books offered them. Now you can get them on every sports book. It's a big draw, obviously, because people piss away money on them. Right. Like it's like they're hotcakes. So big draw and, and things continue to change. And the big question is, what's next? Right now, the prop game is absolutely out of control in a positive way. Especially in the, yeah, in the new age. Yeah, listen, it's fair. The new age of betters love props, Chief. Yeah, well, 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 let's talk about why, though, Luch. And I do think I do think this is where prize picks, underdog, thrive. Um, sleeper, vivid, all these sites you can imagine as, as they've come out of the woodworks. What did they cater to? That's the thing that I think a lot of people have missed. They weren't catering to people in Vegas, you know, at DraftKings Sportsbook or FanDuel Sportsbook or whatever, or, or BetMGM. That's not who they were catering to. They were catering to guys like me that played FanDuel, DraftKings, daily fantasy sports. That, that's what these sites were built on, daily fantasy sports. And so as, as the daily fantasy sports player has come into this and said, wait a minute now, I can I can do well for less time, less stress, same, slightly same process, but I can now get into more, uh, you know, predictive analysis than trying to figure out which 3K crapper is going to score four touchdowns today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, And you get into it and you say, well, this is great. There's a little bit more floor to it, the DFS, a little bit, right? And uh, so I, I think people have just – I think the excitement is there for, for folks, and I think it's tied them even more closer to the game. Now, for somebody like me, um, I still like both. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not going to say it's 50-50 or 60-40 or 70-30, but my point is, you know, I, I, think, there, I think there's value in both. Um, and you just kind of know, got to know when to pick your spots. Like sometimes you need to take a shot on one, sometimes you need to take a shot on the other. Um, but understanding that, I think if you if you can get a good grasp of the concepts going in, I think you can really make some some really good decisions. How, how was your weekend of action? What'd you get right? What'd you get wrong? Did you get anything right? Did you get anything wrong? <laughs> I guess I should have prefaced um, those questions. I, I I got a fair amount wrong. Uh, this 
past week in terms of the, the prop game. DFS, I was okay. Um, I, I was okay in DFS, but on the prop side this week, man, I just got destroyed. Um, a lot of so, and, and what it was, Luch, game scripts just went out the window this week. Um, just didn't come together the way I thought. Like, so for instance, I I, I did have some some stats uh, of the Chiefs Chargers DFS great props not so great. Uh, got half wrong and half right. Right, like I, I took overs in that game and. The first half, I'm sitting here, Luke's like, oh, my goodness. Listen, Patrick Mahomes, I, I took his over 280. He went over in the first half. I took over, you know, the receptions for, for Kelsey. He went over the first half. Um, I did get Josh Palmer right in terms of over yards. But Keenan Allen, I took over targets and over receptions. Didn't get that. I took over um, more than uh, two, I think it was uh, 269, I can't remember what it was for Herbert. There was a range there, but I took over for him. And, you know, like I said, in the first half, I'm sitting here thinking, this might be an easy one. And by the end of the game, the, the third quarter, there was just virtually nothing. I mean, it was just – I couldn't believe it. Vir- virtually nothing. And so it just uh, it, it just didn't come together. But all in all, no sweat. It's all good. We live to see another day. Yeah. And I'll segue this into the elephant in the room, which was one of the bigger ones. Uh, I'm still chasing a second KOTB entry. I have one King of the Beach lineup for the second round in a couple weeks. Um, and I played the $40 entry on the main slate. Didn't have Lamar. Thought I was wrong. Totally dead. Uh, and there was, you know, fairly small field. There's only 265 entries. But still, Lamar was, you know, the chalky, one of the two chalkiest quarterbacks yesterday. Uh, and then Mahomes gets going. I, I had a Mahomes Kelsey lineup with Rasheed Rice. So uh you yeah. know they got going and got me really close. I ended up coming in fifth. Um, you know, without Lamar, didn't have Andrews. I had Kendrick Bourne, big game for the Pats. So we'll get there. Had Josh Palmer, big game with the run back, got the run back right. Christian Watson killed me. Like those two teams are just bad. And we'll get into that game too. And and Brian Robinson, although he scored a touchdown, he only mustered 23 additional yards. Against the Giants, that was that was a letdown as well. Uh, but super, super close. Had the Browns defense, and I saw our guy Dean from the Morning Grind. In case anybody doesn't know, Dean Dean seven eight nine zero four just flows off the tongue. I've seen that Dean seven eight nine zero four. I've seen the handle OG of the game. He tweeted, "Yeah, about getting rid of defenses in DFS. I mean, is it time?" Should they get rid of defenses in DFS? I'd be okay with that. Let me say this. Let me say this. Um, For those of you that don't know, there is a new site called Owner's Box. And, you know, this isn't a site where we have to advertise Owner's Box. But if you use the promo code Grinders, they will give you a deposit bonus match up to 500 bucks. But um, in terms of that's why, honestly, I've I've enjoyed playing Owner's Box this NFL season. Um. So you get the super flex. There's no defense. There's no kicker. And so it's really been pretty fun to to play there. And so, you know, if you don't want to play kicker, if you don't want to play defense, which you, you know, nobody has kicker anymore, but if you don't want to play defense, uh, owner's boxes, it's, it's a good place to go. The contests are still reasonable. Are, are you going to have a milli? 
No. Um, but are you going to have an opportunity to kind of play a different style and maybe a way that you like? Yeah. You know, that contest this past Sunday, 20K up top. I don't think any of us are going to sneeze at 20K if we make that on a Sunday. Like, I, I, I like it. So uh, I've been journeying over there, you know, quite a bit. And I, I didn't. I didn't think we we're going to end up with, with the owner's box talk, but I like the site. And if we want sites like this to survive, we have to support them and uh, give them our patronage. So for those of you that are, you know, maybe you're ready to get rid of defense, head on over to the owner's box. They got the super flex. You can play quarterback there if you want. You can play, you know, five, four or five running backs. However, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's a good site. I, I like it. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland had 16 DraftKings points and they gave up, over 35 real points. I, you're not even playing the right plays anymore. You're just playing for the for the pick six, for the defensive touchdown. Like, you can literally roster any defense and get that garbage time fumble recovery and a blowout that doesn't matter, and the defense will be optimal. It's it's just goofy. <laughs> it's it, it's in, yeah. in an extremely volatile game that we play where there's so much chance, it, it throws an additional – amount of volatility you know into whatever you're trying to scheme for the weekend and you know if you don't have that defense that goes off at eight percent or even five percent in large field gpps you're still dead like if you don't have that five percent defense in large field gpps in your pool you're dead like you're not taking anything down they go over 25 yes yeah, absolutely dead. so there's my mini rant and i i had cleveland in my best lineup and i'm still complaining about it if you like complaining, you tuned into the right show, everybody. Anyway, I'm not complaining because we had a hell of a Sunday. And elephant in the room. My first one, and I could have went either way here, but a lot of sharp people were on Detroit. We knew the Dome team coming across the country, halfway across the country, that it would be tough. I know once in a while every team has these games, but not to that extremity. They got absolutely slaughtered, and I think the hype train is slightly slowing down when we're coming back into the station, you know, to let some passengers off here. I mean... Can, can we talk about the coaching? So let me let me do this, Luch. Let, let me ask you a question. I, I I have some thoughts about this, but I want to get your fresh thoughts. How are you feeling about the coaching situation? Because to me, that's that's not the elephant in the that is the elephant in the room, but I feel like that's also the elephant not in the room. If that makes any sense, like it's very obvious. How are you feeling about the coaching situation there, and, and what do you think should happen? There's no, I mean, the, what the culture turnover that that happened in Detroit, you know, and Dan Campbell is essential to that, is um, is unbelievable. You can't take that away from him. Great motivator. This is my opinion. I think he's a great motivator. Good dude. Like, just genuinely seems like a, a good guy. And I'm not saying Detroit should get rid of Dan Campbell. I'm saying at some point it's possible if they want to go from a great team to an elite team. 
I, so take this for an example, and it's a bad one for right now, but uh, this obviously the first one that popped in my head was the Titans had Mike Malarkey coming off a deep playoff run, winning an arrowhead, and they fire him and bring in Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. And the Titans had that window where they were really freaking good for, what, four years before the roster debacle and everything where the former GM kind of screwed up. Mm-hmm. These things kind of happen sometimes. And I think Dan Campbell, good coach. We'll see how far he takes Detroit. I mean, in that division, with the way things have been playing out, I mean, they have a serious shot to get you know, a top three seed right now in the NFC. Right. Every team has the NFL. It's the NFL. Up until that point, Baltimore did nothing to wow me. They haven't had a performance like this, and they put up 500 yards and average over nine yards per play. I mean, listen, it's going to be a, a really telling uh, next game for Detroit to see how they respond. Um, and I know they weren't completely healthy, but still, that defense was getting a lot of kudos, right? A lot, some really nice young okay. pieces there. And okay. you know we're going to see them in prime time against the Raiders. Detroit's at home on Monday yep. in a game where everyone's expecting them to rebound. And they should. If they're a top 10 football team in the NFL, they should handle business on Monday. But we'll see where the locker room's at after getting destroyed by kind of a real prove-it game against Baltimore. So I guess, you know, in summary, I like Dan Campbell. I think he – yeah, I have no problems with him being a head coach in the league. And But, I, you know, I, I've always had a little bit of doubt. I think he's a fantastic motivator. But it would be bold to get rid of a guy like Dan Campbell after the season. But if the right – if the right fits out there, if there's an elite fit, then, you know, I, I can see it happening. If Detroit is a one and done in the playoffs – or something like that, right? I mean, if they win a game in the playoffs, you risk losing an entire locker room. You, you definitely do. Okay. So I don't know if my roundabout rant gave you any, you know, clarity on where I'm at, but we'll see. Here are my thoughts on coaching situation in Detroit. I, I think Dan Campbell's a really good coach. The reason why I brought that up, because here's the actual coaching elephant in the room, I think. It's always been this defensive coordinator. Do you remember that, Luch? There, there was there were rumors, everybody saying, well, he probably needs to get rid of the coordinator or, you know, because their defense was just not playing well. And then this season, they've kind of turned it around, turned a corner, if you will. And they do have, did have some injuries on the, the back end. So don't... Uh, don't don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. This was less about Dan Campbell and more about the defensive side of the ball where the coordinator kind of got this team back into a, a reasonable place for defense, Luch. And then the wheels just came off Sunday. I mean, it was a there was a barrage of scoring loots that and they had no resistance. And, and I, I watched a fair amount of that game. Here's what I saw out of that game, Luch. Lamar Jackson was able to do whatever he wanted to do. And I'm not talking about running the football per se. I'm talking about scanning the field, getting out of harm's way. Luch, if you go back and watch that game or some, just some, excuse me, some highlighted film of that game, 
do you know how many sacks the the Detroit Lions missed in critical situations? This they could have very easily. This could have very easily been a I don't know twenty one seventeen game. Let's call it that, right? If they just got some timely stops, the wheels came off so quickly on the defense. The offense didn't have a chance to do anything. They just couldn't get going. Every time they gave the Ravens the ball, the Ravens drove and scored. When Gus Edwards is catching 80-yard receptions, you know there's something. there was a problem that day with the defense. I think they played too scared, Luch. I think they were afraid. The defense looked like it was schemed up to be afraid of Lamar Jackson rather than just attack him and live with the results. That's what I saw out of that game. And – you know, maybe that's Dan Campbell, but I think that's the, the coordinator. He's got to find a way in this type of game, this type of prove-it game, when you're a five-and-one team, Luch, and you're going to play one of the teams that, have, that, that has been at the top of the league, a quarterback that has been at the top of the league uh, for, for the past few seasons, even though Lamar had contract stuff going on. Generally speaking, no matter how you feel about Lamar as a player, you have to acknowledge – when he's the quarterback of this team, they win. When he's the quarterback, they win football games. It might not be pretty every game, but every year they're going to the playoffs if he's healthy. They're going to be in contention if he's healthy. In, in, the, in the conference, possible AFC champs, but you're definitely, you know, he's definitely got them winning football games more often than not. So when you have a chance to go into their, their stadium, we can't have 38 and six performances. That's atrocious, Luch. And that's really where I'm headed here. Is Dan Campbell going to make any, any crucial changes on the defensive coaching staff? Because it I may have to be done. I don't think it would happen in season. So, no, and I don't think that either. But my point is if this team wants to go where we think they have a shot of going, they could still win the division this year and be fine, but as other teams in the division improve, that defense can't you can't get drubbed thirty eight to six, being a top tier team like this. We had a sim- similar conversation on a podcast last year, a, a little over a year ago, and we were talking about all oh, the Detroit Lions. Are they fun or are they good? It was when they got thrashed against New England, shut out twenty nine nothing. I think last year, I kind of feel like we're having that same conversation. Aaron Glenn, defense coordinator, you know, I, listen, the Lions are late years ahead of where they were because they were so bad the last, you know, previous couple of years. Right. And, and, and I like this team. Yeah. I like this team. I love the sun god. Give me St. Brown. Love St. Brown. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, you know, is going to have a little bit of an opportunity here. But, like, A, their division, not great. They have so many winnable games on their schedule that they will bounce back. And I don't know if there's I think I think we're gonna go into the playoffs and the Lions will be, I don't know, they'll have 10, 11 wins, but and you know, everyone's gonna drink the coffee. I'm not sure if we'll really know who they are. And that sounds insane, but you know, and Lions fans, I don't know. How do Lions fans feel right now? Do you want to kill me or do you agree with me? I mean, okay, first game of the season, and we're spending a lot of time on Detroit, but you know, that was a, a big game in the NFL. They beat the Chiefs by one in Arrowhead. A win's a win. For the win's a win crowd in Arrowhead opening game, you have to love it. I mean, how many passes did the Chiefs drop in that opening Thursday night game? Like, 
I, I, I watched that game and I said, Detroit really didn't do anything for me. You know, and I hate I hate that perspective because it's a National Football League game. There's so much volatility. Like, shit happens. <laughs> Excuse my language. And they got yeah. out of our head with a win. Like, that, you know, should have been their signature win, but didn't really feel like it, right? And, you know, the rest of their schedule, okay. You know, they beat Atlanta at home. Lost to Seattle in that overtime thriller. Like, I don't even know how good Seattle is, right? They beat Jordan Love and the Packers, who just – you know, uh, lost to the Broncos. Worst DVOA in league history through almost half the season. You know, you beat Carolina. No offense, Chief, right? You beat Tampa Bay. Okay. Then, like, you get to that next tier of competition for the first time. And maybe that was the problem. I don't know. Maybe they weren't used to just getting hit in the mouth in terms of coach speak as hard as they were uh, against Baltimore. And, you know, they had no answer. Here's the rest of their schedule, Chief, right? How many winnable games do you think are on this schedule? Two, four, six, eight, ten games left, right? Raiders on Monday. Chargers. Bears. Packers. New Orleans. Chicago again. Denver. Minnesota. Here's the big one. Dallas and Minnesota. Like, I I don't, it's very possible that I still don't know how good Detroit really is. And they win two-thirds of those games, which sounds crazy. I'm not even sure if I'm confident in Dallas, right? I, I don't know. But that sticks out to me, prime time in Jerry's world, as like their biggest competition. Who knows what Minnesota is going to look like in, in the last week of the season? Who's going to be on that team? I don't know. I don't even want to begin to speculate. Will Justin Jefferson even play? Like, And they play Minnesota twice in the last three weeks of the year. I hate that. So, you know, the biggest gauge, I think, of like, all right, show me something is going to be against Dallas and not, not till almost the new year. Look, um, here's, here's what I always say, though. You have to win the games you're supposed to win. Right. They can't help I, their schedule. I get it. Right. Like, look, they, they, they're supposed to the games. You, in the NFL, if every team won all the games they were supposed to win, then most of the good – if you do that, most of the good teams are going to go to the playoffs. And, you know, I'm not going to hop around just yet, but there's some other teams. I'm going to mention this team in passing and we'll talk about it. Like the Bills, who are starting to, like, be on the edge of not winning games they're supposed to win, struggle with the Giants, lose to the Patriots. That can't happen. Back to the Detroit Lions, though. My, my biggest gripe with them this week, though, because they are going to win some of these games down the stretch, is they got beat down by the Ravens. And that's starting to be my theme with the Miami Dolphins also, where, like, you got to start beating some of these good teams or at least making it more interesting. Like, you you get blown out by the Bills. You kind of get blown out by the Eagles. And and now we're talking about the Dolphins. But you get my point. Like, you win the games you're supposed to, and then against upper-tier teams, we want to see competition and see whether or not you can pull it out. And so when I look at – the Lions, I think they're going to win a lot of these games, but are they ready? Right? Are they ready to, to rise and, and be the they, – they're going to be the cream of the crop of the NFC North. But are, – are and so that means they're going to get a, a playoff game at home. But are they ready to beat San Francisco? I don't think so. Not if they're healthy. Are, are they ready to beat the Eagles? I, I don't I don't think so, you know? Um 
are they ready to beat Dallas? I don't well, know, Luke. We're good. That, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know, though. And that's that's where I'm with Detroit. Like, but it's it's mainly because of their defense, but their offense didn't help them yesterday either. The offense had the ball some. They could they scored six points, and it was a touchdown, and it was late. But that's my other gripe in this game. Like, if the defense isn't going to help you and you score 30 points, okay. You know what? Hey, it was a rough day for the defense, but the offense showed up. I, I, I have a I'd have a much different outlook on this team if the offense went nuts yesterday. I'm talking about nuclear and the defense just couldn't get anything going. We didn't see anything from anybody yesterday. And that's my concern. And it's funny because the schedule is great. The, the range of outcomes is wide. There's a chance they run the table. It's not a high probability in this league, but there's no one on that schedule that I'm like, ah, there's no San Fran. There's no Philly, right? Like, like Joe Burrow's not anywhere in December on that schedule. Like there's nobody on it that, which is great for the Lions, but you know, and David Montgomery missed that game, right? But seriously, what what kind of a difference would he made in that game script? Like, what can you do for me when you can't cram David Montgomery down the other team's throat for three and a half yards of carry and for 30 carries? Like and Jameer Gibbs was fine yesterday. Had, yeah. I mean, Jameer Gibbs was very explosive. Yeah. He looked great. I mean, he needs to be more involved if this team is going to win a couple of playoff games. Has to be. Yeah, and and I, and I think he will. I, I think he will. Um, maybe, so, maybe, yeah. maybe I exaggerated, but I'm just saying the Lions are going to have probably a sparkly little record. And I'm I, personally, I'm going to go in, and I don't know what the matchup's going to be, but I might be thinking, hmm, let's see who you really are. Like, you ready to rise up, Detroit? Let's see it. So, and I like this team. I like the players. Well, smallish market kind of. Well, maybe not with Detroit. I don't know if they're considered a small market. They've just been bad forever. So it's fun to see them where they are. But boy, did they get smacked! And but you know, mega credit to the Ravens. Raven fans are probably like, "Hey, like, give us some slack here." Love it. You came home from London, you know. Yeah. The good old, well, maybe they'll relax and let down thing. They're back in the country, adjust to travel. They didn't have a bye week, in, you know, in between or anything like that. And they didn't miss a damn beat. And, you know, they had some guys that were banged up. Mark Andrews, best game of the season, looked really good. So, yeah, the Ravens absolutely rolled. And, you know, as much as I just totally crapped on Detroit there for about 10 minutes, he put up 500 yards of total offense in this league. Now, putting the rest of that AFC North on notice for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Bring us into our next one. What What do you well, think? About so, once again, I, I want to talk about another team that – look, I'm, I'm going to the Buffalo Bills, and I'm, I'm going this way for a reason because in this AFC uh, East, we're sitting here, Luch, and we're looking at the outcomes and we're looking at the, the teams and we're saying, okay, who's coming out of this division? Looks like the Dolphins one week. Looks like the Bills one week. Hey, it could even now be the Patriots. This this might be the trickiest division in football right now, Luke. And, and I'm saying that because do you know who I feel like has been most consistent out of this division? There's a close games. It's been the Jets. The freaking Jets. That that's been that's been the most consistent team, despite yeah. the fact that they're at five, they're, aren't they a 500 team right now? This aren't they three and three? I think the Jets are three and three. I'm making because they didn't play this week, so I'm just making sure I'm right. Are the Jets three and three? Yes. The Jets are a three and three football team, 
and I feel like they've been most consistent. Dolphins are five and two. Um, uh, Bills are five and no four and three. Excuse me. Bills are four and three. Could easily luch. Could easily. They could easily be three and four. Like, think about this. If they lose this game to the Giants last week, they're three and four, Luke. Like, the most consistent team, even with Zach Wilson, has been the Jets. Those steady Jets. And I I think we it's still early. Someone could run away with this division. Right now, it's still the Dolphins at five and two. The Dolphins got to prove to me they can beat really good football teams, though. Like they, they got to prove it to me, man. They, they they just have to. Fun team. I mean, this team has a lot of swag, but you got to prove that you can beat the teams like the Eagles, the, the Bills, the Chiefs. Like you just got to prove it. But I think this division might be on the cusp of just the New York Jets coming out of this division. I know it's still early. I know, look, man, it, it's very early. But to me, they're the most consistent team because they have an identity right now. And here's what I think their identity is. And, and I could be wrong, Luke, so please feel free to interject here. I feel like that their identity is, for right now, defense, hold this team to 10 points, 15 points. 18, just hold them to the least amount of points that we have that you can. Zach Wilson, let's just get good quality drives and don't turn the ball over. We'll take our field goals when we get them. We'll, we'll, you get what I'm saying, Luke? We're going to take the points because we know the defense will do their job. Offense, just don't screw this up. I think that's their identity for now as Zach Wilson continues to evolve in the offense. He's, he is looking better week to week to week, right? And if he can keep the ball out of harm's way week to week, they've got a shot to win every game or they've, they've got a shot to stay in every game. And I think that's kind of becoming their identity. Defense, do your job. Zach, just don't turn it over, right? Make really good decisions. And that's not saying that, you know, every quarterback going to turn the ball over every now and again. But let's not have these dumb bonehead turnovers where I'm falling backwards, I'm getting hit, and I just throw it up on a wing and a prayer. Let's not do that, right? You know, they fool you in coverage. Okay, shame on me. I got fooled there. I didn't see the safety, whatever. I think that's their identity. I don't know what the identity is of the Buffalo Bills right now. I have no clue, Luke. I don't know. Josh Allen's all over the place. He's throwing the ball to Stephon Diggs, feels like every play. Stephon Diggs is getting 20 targets, and he's still going to complain because he's not getting the ball enough. You go, you go down to Miami, and yes, they probably have a little bit more of an identity than, than Detroit. They're going to try to beat you on speed. It's going to be a lot of motion. Um, you know, and yeah, Jalen Waddle went out of the, their game the past week, you know, and, and that probably slowed them down some and got them off schedule. But my, my point is. Despite their their records, they've still been inconsistent. Yeah. I've seen the Jets beat the Bills. 
You see what I'm saying? I've seen the Jets win some of these group grimy games. I haven't seen the Dolphins win a grimy game yet. If they're not up by 30 points, I don't know. This is my point in this division where we feel like the Bills or the, the Dolphins are the cream of the crop, but it might actually be the Jets. And I didn't think I'd be saying that after Aaron Rodgers went down uh, week one. But what I will back up is, and I've been talking so long, Luke. So I, listeners, no. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm hogging the mic here. I'm Mike hogging. Listeners, I'm so sorry. My last point, Luke, is I said this at the beginning of the season. I don't think anyone listened to me. They probably thought I was crazy. But I said this specifically. What if the Jets are better without Aaron Rodgers anyway? Does anyone remember this? The, I, I think I said it this way, Luce. The best thing that could have happened to this team is Aaron Rodgers going down week one. For better or for worse, I think, I think, I think I'm leaning towards being right here. Here's why. And I'm out. No, I want you to you need to keep talking about this because if, if now everybody needs to know. <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt, we don't get the same Wilson development. Do you get what I'm saying? Wilson gets to sit on the bench and watch on the sidelines, but not actually play in the game. And so as Aaron Rodgers continues to age, and this, this isn't necessarily an insult on Aaron Rodgers. This is more about him going down and it actually helping Zach Wilson's development. Because once again, the Jets are still going to need a future. Yeah, they. I mean, look, ultimately they want a, they want a Super Bowl championship out of, out of Aaron Rodgers. That's really what they want. But the future of this team for right now is Zach Wilson. And if Zach Wilson doesn't play, there's no future. He's going to go out and look like a deer in headlights. I think Aaron Rodgers getting hurt has really helped Zach Wilson progress along to where he's getting more confident, right? The team is getting more confident. They're believing. Don't stop believing. They're on their own personal journey with Zach Wilson. And it started out terribly, but I think the locker room is coming around. Luch, back to you. Yeah, but that's a different conversation. You know, we're talking this season. If Aaron Rodgers was the Jets quarterback right now, would you have them winning that division? As of right now, October 23rd. I don't know. Well, that makes two of us, but I'm, I at least you were on the hot seat there. But <laughs> listen, you know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. But but what I will say is, if the defense is playing well, I feel like Aaron Rodgers, especially compared to the inconsistencies we're seeing from the Dolphins and the Bills, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has this team in a position to come out of to come out of the division. But I I don't even know if they're inconsistencies. I it, they they appear that way, but I think they're just not as complete as the public wants to perceive them to be. And this Buffalo defense now, partially due to injuries, I mean, they got really banged up in London and things haven't gotten any better, right? Like Milano at Oliver, um, uh, Travis White, again, uh, terrible. But there's real holes on, on that defense down Buffalo, and it's showing. And you know, you're putting Josh Allen in more uncomfortable positions to do try and do too much. Uh, you know, Damian Harris has gone. Latavius Murray, they're almost the same player at this point. If James Cook, bigger role, but, you know, you're still missing that. Good Lord, am I talking myself into Derrick Henry going to Buffalo at the deadline? God. Uh, anyway, that 
it's a real possibility, by the way. Anyway, um, there's just holes now on this team. And, you know, they've dealt with injuries. I know it's not an excuse. But you know, Buffalo right now is not a good defensive team. And they were struggling to develop pass rush pressure the entire year. You know, without Ed Oliver, Von Miller, like, you know, Von Miller's old. He's not the same guy. You know, he's not healthy. Like, they're just struggling. And and that that's a real thing right now. Miami. I mean, we've been knocking that defense, you know, for a while. And I'm not saying they're the Detroit Lions. But also, last night was a really, really big prove-it game. I mean... Yeah, the Dolphins are flashy. They're fast. Who have they played? If we're going to play that game, like, who have the Miami Dolphins played this season? They've played next to nobody. (laughs) I mean, okay. The Chargers in the shootout. They win by two. Who are the Chargers at this point? Not a good defensive team. You know, they beat New England by seven. They rolled 70 on Denver. Buffalo smacks them. You know, they beat the Giants. They beat the Panthers. They lose to the Eagles. I, you know, the defense isn't showing me much. And they have some pieces. And, you know, this is a, a fun topic because I had a bunch of friends that are Miami fans, a bunch of friends that are Eagles fans. Both of them are saying the same things to me. Wow, the Eagles got away with murder. Well, our team's healthy. Uh, their team's healthy and we're injured. And this and that, whatever. Both of those teams and Eagles-Miami – Interesting segue here. Both missing pieces, both not healthy, both secondaries in shambles, right? Eagles missing safeties. Darius Slay just came back. Um, you know, you're missing safeties against Tyreek Hill and company. You know, you're probably going to be in trouble, and it showed. Um, and on the Miami side, obviously, Jalen Ramsey hasn't played. Um, I really like those linebackers, though. David Long and Jerome Baker. You played the run as well as they could. But, you know, when push came to shove, it's almost like Miami needs a little bit of Dan Campbell and Dan Campbell needs a little bit of Miami, right? Like, he needs <laughs> that, you know, and probably that was probably like the worst uh, analogy known to man, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Like, where where's the ugliness? You know, where can he thrive? And, you know, they got the takeaways and here we are, Jalen Hurts. You can say what you want about that interception, the, you know, getting batted down uh, at the line. And then, you know, uh, obviously, you know, holding the ball way too long. Uh, and there it goes. Boop, here comes, you know, the pass rush is going to get home eventually. He just doesn't look like himself back there when he's in the pocket. Like, get him outside a little bit more. I, I've seen some horrendous play calling in the in the red zone. An opening drive for the Eagles. Like, what are we calling? Right, read, read option, and, you know, it hurts, just slides right away. They're calling a quarterback draw inside the 10 on third down when you have, you know, such a great scheme and motion, allegedly. And you have A.J. Brown. If Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, who was in a, a matchup nightmare from Miami the whole night, you're calling a quarterback draw. So, like, what the hell was that, Philly? And um, listen, I will say, very disappointed. Dallas Goddard had zero involvement hardly in the second half. After the first half, I mean, he was open, felt like every play, and they just kind of went away from him. He had one catch, I think, for 10 yards or something like that. And, and yeah, they didn't have to use him down the stretch, but AJ Brown. I mean, was- you know, we call him a diva, but the guy's a baller. He is a diva Listen, and he's a baller. It's okay to be both things. Yeah. Look, l- let me say this. I thank A.J. Brown every day, okay? L- let me tell you why I'm saying this, Luke. Let me tell you why I'm saying this. I have exposure to A.J. Brown season long, okay? I have exposure to A.J. Brown season long. 
as of yesterday, so so the season prop was 1,099 yards, 1,099 and a half yards. That was the A.J. Brown season-long prop, Luke. Prior to yesterday's game, do you know how many receiving yards he had? Prior to yesterday's game, by chance, do you know? I mean, he's got to be pushing 700 now, right? Yeah, he was at 672 yesterday prior to the game. He's already over 800 yards, I think, on the season, if I'm not mistaken. Luke, can you, can you firm that up for me? But are you actually looking this up while while we're talking through it? Um, look, we're, we're not on these big networks like FS1 and ESPN. We don't have you He's know got 809 yards, more receiving yards than the Tennessee Titans collectively. If anyone's keeping score at home, Luke, Thanks, Robinson. Luke, he's got 809 yards through seven games. Uh, I think AJ Brown every day. When I when I get the check that when they when they do the weekly update of the season long numbers, AJ Brown may clear his season long prop within the next three weeks. It's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying he will, but it's possible. Luch, I've got another eleven weeks, or eleven you know, ten to eleven weeks for AJ Brown to have three hundred yards receiving, basically. That's that to me, that's how crazy of a season AJ Brown is having. And while Jalen Hurts may get a lot of the credit, the diva himself, AJ uh, uh, Brown, may single handedly be the reason why they why they why they're cruising in some of these games. Right? It's like, look, man, just give me the ball. Th- good things will happen. Devontae Smith is almost like in his shadow now. You know, he still gets some targets here and there. But A.J. Brown, I think, has shown that, look, I'm the ultimate guy on this team in terms of receiving. And, I mean, it, it was a beauty to watch. Even last night, Luke, I mean, he just kind of exploded. Like, you know, out of nowhere, he 40, 50, 70, 90, 100. It's like, jeez, just big play after big play. Got to tip my cap to A.J. Brown. You do. He's a machine, you know. And if yeah. you can center your offense around him, because that's what he needs, you're going to figure it out. He, he he deserves to be a focal point. He should be. He should be. I mean, but he's, listen, he's earning it this season, bro. Like, I saw him even last night. Like, he caught one on the sideline. Should have probably been a two- or three-yard pickup. Turns on the guy. A guy hits him. He doesn't go down. He picks up another four or five. Then two or three guys hit him on the sideline. You know, one hit him pretty hard. He shook it off. You know, everybody thought, oh, he got shaken up, and he did. Shakes it off, comes right back, and, and looks like I think looks like he almost scores a touchdown. Did, didn't quite get there, but was certainly close. Like, geez, man, he's been playing really well this season. Really he is. Well. And he, he, he's, you know, one B to Tyreek Hill after the cash, and they do it in different ways. Tyreek is just a blazer, uh, and AJ has that shiftiness. And don't, he's not like he's not fast, but man, he's a tough runner. He will run through tackles, run over corners. It's really fun to see. Um, do me a favor, pull up some DraftKings pricing or like next week's schedule while I keep talking. Just, oh, I've just already got it up. I always have up that, that's part of my process here on Food for Thought. For those that don't know, good old your, your good old neighborhood friendly chief always has up the schedule. Because I well, never know when I'm gonna have to look ahead. Here's what I want. I, I want to see Miami and I want to see Detroit. I want to see them get an ugly win 
or, or just a win in general over a top five defense. Like, like the Eagles front seven is so good. And you know what? They could not get it done. And we see now we see we know how important that ground game is to getting Tua going and the rest of this offense. We we see how integral that is. Is Tua gonna start winning a drop back and throw game? Like throw 45 times and, and win me a game. Like Jared Goff, you know, drop back 45, win that way when you when you have to, when you you know facing a Baltimore front seven, a Philly front seven. The Dolphins have the Jets twice, and I'm I'm ready to see those. I want to see that war in the trenches in those games. Uh, and you know, any any given day, Tyreek can break a ball game open for sure. But you know, are any uh, in in result in conclusion here? Are any of these teams in the AFC East complete? I I don't know. Are they complete teams? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't even want to get into the other side with Jalen Hurts turning the ball over because eventually, like, there has to be a conversation there. And and we I went back and I watched almost all of that game against the Jets, and I was really bashing him. A couple of those turnovers weren't weren't his fault. But, you know, against Miami, he's trying to fit the ball into a couple windows that are a little absurd. Held on to the ball way too long on the fumble loss. But he's so uh, gifted athletically, you know, like that uh, street ball, street ball play touchdown past AJ Brown. Like, like how many quarterbacks in the league can make that play happen? Two, three, or maybe yeah. four at most. I, so the good obviously outweighs the bad, but he's got to clean it up a little, a little bit. Like the decision making's got to be just a little bit better from Jalen Hurts, who, you know, in terms of turnovers this season, he is second in the NFL behind Desmond Ritter. That's not great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think the turnovers will will correct themselves because it's not just interceptions; it's fumbles. Like, like, like the what the fumble he had, you know, against the Miami, they just kind of came crashing down on him and, and came across his, his arm, and the ball pops out, and then they and then two guys clothesline him, so he couldn't f- fall on it, and you know, he it, it was it was kind of a freak fumble, but yeah he's he definitely got to come on yeah i know but i'm saying he's got to clean that up for sure um i don't I, let me say this i don't think he's Dak prescott for what it's worth oh lord no i, I think yeah. I, I i think he'll i think he'll focus and try to get that part of his game corrected for this season and uh, or or find a way to get rid of it rather than you know trying to be be a superman i saw him i saw him like not take some big hits on yesterday uh, or, or in the Monday night game. So I, I, I think you'll figure it out. Well, we got 13 games on this upcoming main slate. And what, you know, what are you looking forward to uh, for, for next Sunday? Anything jumping off the page at you? Yeah. So believe it or not, Luke, I, I'm not going to what I'm going to consider to be a, a fun game right now. I'm actually, I actually want to talk about this slightly from a more real life perspective, and that's the Giants Jets. And why why am I why am I talking about that? I, I'm talking about it for this reason. So the Jets are coming off of a bye, should have had ample time to prepare, and have been playing pretty well to close it out. Like right before the bye, you get what I'm saying? They they, they look pretty good. So hopefully they don't have any feeling yourself hangover. Hopefully they've taken their break, you know, got to see their families, you know, uh, and they come back into the facility ready to, to ball out. But we didn't talk about this in the elephant in the room, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the Giants have looked better the past two weeks. I don't know if anyone's actually noticed this for real, 
but their defense has been playing better because their offense has been playing better. Wow. What what a coincidence. By chance, Luch, did the Giants did the Giants have a quarterback change uh during these past two weeks? I'm just wondering. Yeah, here we go. Oh, they did. Okay, great. Thanks for telling me. Daniel Jones sucks. Okay. We just have to say it. He's terrible. And I don't think he's a good fit for this football team, but they've already given him the money. Now, yes, I know Saquon Barkley came back, right? So, so yeah, I know we're going to attribute this to Saquon Barkley. But even when Barkley and Daniel Jones were in the game earlier this season, this offense still looked really bad. The offense looks competent now, despite uh, Tyrod's, you know, mistake on, you know, third and one to close out the half and they don't get a touchdown. They still almost beat the Bills in that game. Whatever. But my point is the team has looked better since Tyrod has taken over at quarterback. Do you think for this game, how tough of a matchup do you think the Giants are going to be this week for the Jets uh, if Tyrod is still in that quarterback? Because see, that's really where I'm headed with this. How in the world, if you're the Giants, do you go back to Daniel Jones, even though you paid him all that money, when when the eyeballs are telling you, wait a minute, our team looks way better. And it's and it's not like they were playing scrubs either. That's the point. Like if they were playing, you know, the Raiders, Denver, okay, whatever. They played the Bills, they played Washington. And I'm not saying Washington's a world beater, but they're still a tough football team, and they were able to win that game. Darren Waller finally got involved in the offense, you know. But that's my point here. How in the world do your eyeballs or your heart or your head, for that matter, say, hey, we're going back to Daniel Jones for the Jets game? Oh, heavens no. Let's let Tyrod roll, ride this thing out and see what happens. And then if he has just the ultimate flop, we'll bring Daniel Jones back in after this week. I don't bring Daniel Jones back against the Jets. I can tell you that right now. If you want front row seats to that Jets-Giants game, check out Ticketmaster, official marketplace of the NFL, interactive seat map with 360-degree previews. And if you want to sell them or transfer your tickets, something comes up super easy on the Ticketmaster marketplace there. Rep your favorite team, Ticketmaster.com slash NFL, Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. 36-and-a-half game total in the Jets-Giants game. It looks ugly, it feels ugly, if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it's probably going to be ugly. Uh, but I'm kind of with you. Give Daniel Jones one more week to you know get up to speed. Devil's advocate is the line's still horrible. They brought in Dalen Waller, who's only available every two games. Is he even fully healthy? Maybe you have a bunch of you know slot receivers out wide. Nothing against Darius Slayton and Jalen Hyatt's a rookie, but you don't have that possession security blanket, big bodied guy to go to. You know, I just feel like I you know me being a Titans fan, you know, a lot of people didn't know if Marcus Mariota was a good quarterback until his tenure was over. And some people still argue that he was, are we going to get, you know, four or five years into this thing? And, you know, there's going to be so many different angles on, well, the Daniel Jones situation, the coaching changes, the help he did and didn't have the money he got. Like, are are people still going to not know if Daniel Jones is actually a good quarterback in the NFL? I mean, whew, I don't know, but, that that's going to be a, a tough one for them with the Jets' fresh legs coming off the bye. I'm, I'm with you on that one. From a DFS perspective, 
interesting week. A lot of a lot of uglier games. I'm seeing some low totals. Um, Kansas City at Denver, and the Broncos played them really tough. All things considered, an Arrowhead a couple years ago, Chief. But you know, you're gonna have to pay for Mahomes and pay for Kelsey, and Kelsey did whatever he wanted in that game. But Denver played Kansas City tough in that game. Uh, they're rolling right now. Now they go up to the high altitude for what it's worth. Um, Tua, you know, rebound game against New England, divisional game. I don't know. Well, well, let me say this. I will say typically the Patriots lose to the Dolphins uh, in 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 Miami. Um, I, just over the years, even when the Dolphins were not a good football team, they go down there to Miami. They're huffing and puffing. It's hot. Uh, it shouldn't be as hot as usual. Obviously, it's, it's October, so it's not. It's not going to be as hot as you know what it would have been in the summertime, which they wouldn't have played in the summer. But um, I, I definitely think Tua um, and the Miami Dolphins have a nice rebound spot here. Hopefully, especially if Waddle's good, uh, he's okay. Then you know between him and Tyreek, there's no way Bill Belichick is able to shut both of the speedsters down. Uh, and that's also going to include Raheem Mostert. Uh, so forth and so on. So with all the speed they have on this team, I definitely think that they will give the Patriots uh, some trouble here. So, yes, God, I, I want Miami to prove it to me with against some better teams. And maybe, maybe, maybe we don't need to sleep on the Patriots too much because they did just beat the Bills, who lost to the Patriots. So uh, we'll kind of see how it goes. But once again, like I said, historically – I feel like Miami does well against the Patriots when they come uh, to town. I mean, I'll have interest in Ramondre, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, we're starting to see, you know, those players be incorporated into that offense, like, as they should be. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Um, the Rams and Dallas, I mean, we're going to have to see some points in that one. Yeah. I, can I get to that? I think that's an interesting game. Um, I, I think we see um, – gun to my head, I say the Cowboys win that game. They're at home. You know, they need to keep winning games. I, I think I think they're a better football team overall, like on both sides. Um, you know, I know the Cowboys leave a lot to be desired on offense from time to time, but I do think their defense is better than the Rams' defense currently constructed. So I'm going to give the nod to Dallas there. Last but not least, I think – I know a lot of people have seen the Dos Equis commercials with the most interesting man in the world. And this feels like the most interesting game of the week to me. Um, and and for, for whatever reason, call it the Ravens-Cardinals, I think, might be the most interesting game of the week. Sneaky trap game for the Ravens here, Luch, for, for, for what it's worth. Sneaky trap game. Um, I, I, I know the Cardinals, you know, they're a tough football team. They're not good, but they are tough. And I don't think the Ravens are going to go in there and just roll over the Cardinals for what it's worth. I, I think this is the most interesting game of the week for me, especially yeah, all- if the Ravens coming off of an explosive game. The Cardinals are going to be – they're a tough team for what it's worth. A big high traveling across the country. Like, that'll be a nice a nice uh, encore for Baltimore uh, to see how they handle that game. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. I think I'm going to bet the under as soon as we wrap up recording here. I Listen, Pittsburgh's defense just cannot keep bailing them out. Matt Canada has to go. 
Is it Matt Canada? Is it Kenny Pickett? I don't know. The running game's non-existent. The offensive line hasn't gotten any better. They still go, you know, over to LA and get a huge win against the Rams in a tough, gross, gritty game. One of those kind of games we want to see Miami win. But the offense is so stagnant. It's it's not even like that's not even the right word for it. It's terrible. And the paid the this could be an entire another 60-minute podcast, but the Steelers have so much pride in their organization and their own ego is going to get in the way where they're not going to can anybody midseason. They're going to stick to their guns because they're the Pittsburgh Steelers and they're not going to switch it up and get rid of Matt Canada to kind of open up this offense a little bit because it's just absolutely disgusting. And I think the odds are pretty good. If you were a Steelers fan and you're listening with me, you got that one and you still feel kind of bad about it. If you have to watch his offense for the first, you know, eight weeks of the season, this historically good Steelers front, with Mr. Watt deserves so much better. And I don't know what that ceiling is of Pittsburgh, but I'll tell you one thing, Jacksonville looked pretty good defensively in their own right. And they're going in. There's gonna be a lot of gold towels waving in that Pittsburgh stadium. And I don't know if this game's going to crack 42 points, which is what the total is right now. I, I think there's going to be an ugly gritty game and a game where, Hey, maybe Pittsburgh, you know, his defense can bail them out one more time, but good Lord, can we get rid of Matt Canada? I'm done for the day, chief. There you go. You heard it right here first, folks, live from Luch. Can we get rid of Matt Canada? I love it. Are, are you on the same page or no? Absolutely. Absolutely on the same page. This well, is a weird, I, weird game. I know wedding season is coming up, so give me a quick 60-second story time, Chief. How, how are things going on your Oh, uh, man, listen, I am – I mean, I'm just – I'm thrilled, man. Like, me and the, the future missing have just been – on the same page we had a beautiful night last night just talking about everything and how we wanted to approach it and um you know we talked a little bit about decorations today um you know things that we might actually do together and just kind of create some some pre-wedding memories luch and that's that's i think that's something that 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 may be important for everybody like you know uh, make good memories make, make good memories that's something that um uh one of the ladies at my church has always shared, but uh, make good memories. And I, I think that's important. And so I feel like as we're approaching, we're, we're, it's not this Saturday, it's next Saturday, Lutz, there will be a Mrs. Chief uh, officially. And um, so, yeah, I, we're, I think, I think we're going to make some good memories as we approach it, man. And so I'm, I'm, I'm real grateful about that. And uh, don't worry, I'll be here next week. Now, the next week, Luch, I'm telling you right now, go ahead and get a feeling. I will not be here after November 4th for that week. I will be out. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I think I think that's the theme of, of our week this week. We're going to try to make some good memories. Big congrats to you, my friend. We're going to get out of here for the Chief Justice 06, Will Priester. I'm a Luch, Justin Carlucci. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week, guys.